Welcome to Ono, Ross, and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm your co-host, Ross Blotcher. And I'm your co-host, Carrie Poppy. And you're listening to part two of our journey with the Mormons. Or rather, in which we become Mormons ourselves. That's right, folks. Your co-hosts are official members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But before we get there, a recap. And, and just a reminder to our listeners that out of respect, we've changed the names of everyone involved, unless we state otherwise. As you'll recall, we took five months worth of classes and attended several three-hour church services, learning the ins and outs of Mormondom. We asked tough questions like, don't these teachings disagree with modern archaeology and DNA evidence? And if gender is so important, what about the millions of people alive today who are neither male nor female? We tried to be as honest and forthright as we could about our level of faith and to listen openly and accept any evidence they provided us that the Mormon church is God's true church and that Joseph Smith was a true prophet. And you'll remember that as you listened, we prayed for the Heavenly Father's guidance and then we called our missionaries and set up our baptism. And then things got real. <laughs> so we've gotten a lot of feedback because this got posted on the ex-Mormon thread mm -hmm. and some other places online. And, and a lot of people have, you know, been really leery about, you know, not being fully truthful with the Mormons and especially these elders, you know, these right. young guys who mean really well and they're at this formative point in their lives. So, we, you know, we want to get your feedback on how you think we handled this. Right. And, and I have to say, by and large, the feedback has been positive, but there have yeah. been a few people and we especially want to hear from our ex-Mormon friends or our Mormon friends yeah. uh, who listen to the show and what you think about that. So after pre-baptism classes were complete, they kind of said, well, you're ahead of the curve. We're going to start doing the post-baptism questions, even though it's before your baptism. Right. And we said, that's cool. And so the first class was about priesthood. Oh, yeah. And remember this? Like, they had us both there, and they kept telling us all about the priesthood and all the things you get as, as a priesthood holder and nodding at both of us. <laughs> but as you may have picked up by now, priesthood is for men. Men. <laughs> so they're nodding at both of us, looking at me and smiling, telling me about the priesthood. And finally, like, 45 minutes into it, I'm like, um... <laughs> but really, it, do I even need to be here for right. this? Right. I was like, isn't this just for men? And they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I guess you should know all about it, right? Right. You should yeah. know all about it. But yeah, and... top requirement, penis. Right. <laughs> right. And then uh, they said um, something about, you know, well, you'll marry a righteous man and he'll have this, share certain powers with you. and You uh, hope. Yeah. But yeah, speaking of powers, they were saying you'll have the ability to lay hands on people and heal and them. And heal them, which um, we kind of pressed on because we wanted to know like, oh, yeah. can you heal cancer? Yeah, you got some examples of that. And and I think they were pretty quick to say, oh, no, it's the stuff that could heal anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, it's they don't have any records of broken bones being immediately mended. But I think they did say something about like someone with cancer or something. But they said we wouldn't ever say don't go to the doctor. Yeah. Which is good. So we continued to go to the uh, Sunday services, the three-hour services. I finally started going to Relief Society, which is um, a special meeting just for the women. Right. Men go to the priesthood meetings. Right. Those are split between the lower and higher priesthoods. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. They have kind of like all the men are together and they talk about just general announcements and things coming up and then they split off. Okay. Well, the Relief Society is all the women in one room. Let me tell you, Ross. Okay. It 
is depressing. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I should have worn a wig and gone in there. Oh, you should have. Really curious. Next time, they sit around and cry, and the ones who are single talk about being single and cry. Oh, that's and so it's, sad. It really is, and it really drove home like, that like they you define have themselves their self worth by having a whether, man. Yeah, whether they have a family, and yeah, it really drove home that like you really have this one option. In the mm. church, it was really hard to watch. And I actually asked Rebecca, who I was sitting next to, so do you know anyone, any women who have chosen not to have children in the church? And she said, oh, yeah, there's. um, <laughs> oh. She paused like that. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of any right now. <laughs> yeah. She literally didn't think of one, but insisted oh. there were some. <laughs> The pressure is on the male side as well. You know, they're constantly reminding the guys, you know, don't be slacking off. You need to be out there mm. actively looking for a wife. Okay. So our next step was to do our pre-baptismal interview, which is where you meet with the stake bishop, mm -hmm. who's the head of all the wards in your area. Find out if you're prepared mm -hmm. for your baptism. So they asked us six major questions. And there were four that we were able to be completely honest about. So the first one was, do you believe that God is our eternal father? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, the savior and redeemer of the world? And so I said something about how I, I do have faith the size of a mustard seed, which I was told is acceptable. Right. And um, this is a nice thought. And I have hope that it's true, basically. Yeah. Uh, and that seemed to be an okay answer for them. Is that about what you said? Yeah. I kind of laid out that groundwork and said, in that context, yes, I believe this. Mm-hmm. Which admittedly is is weaselly, but yes, <laughs> but forthrightly weaselly. We've gotten you know? into forthright weasel stage, right? <laughs> by this point. Um, so let's see. Question two: Do you believe the Church and Gospel of Jesus Christ have been restored through the Prophet Joseph Smith? And do you believe that Thomas S. Monson is a prophet of God? And what does this mean to you? Again, yes. mustard seed, sure. Yeah, I think I was able to give kind of the textbook answers they wanted to hear, and they were very happy with them. In the light of that understanding. Right, right. Before this all happened, we had said several times, like, you know, we don't have really strong faith at that at this point. Is that okay? And they seem totally okay with it. Yeah. Right? So. And, and in fact, they would even go so far as to say, like, if you didn't have any kind of doubt, we'd have to worry. They said that was perfectly natural. Right. So great. Question three was, what does it mean to you to repent? Do you feel that you have repented of your past transgressions? And I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah. I can totally answer this honestly. Exactly. Because there are tons of things that I've done wrong that I've repented of and don't want to do again. Yeah, they like yep. that answer and we like giving it. Yep, that was good. Question four, easy peasy. Have you ever committed a serious crime? No. High five. Woo! If so, are you now on probation or parole? Obviously not applicable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you ever participated in an abortion or had a homosexual relationship? Those are easy no's for me. Yeah, right? Easy no's for me too. But uh, but I did ask, uh, so what if someone says yes to those? And they said, they right. said we, would have to call, we would have to call a specialist. All right. That won't, you know, keep you from getting baptized. But, yeah, we'd have special counseling for right. you. Well, I just love that they were they used the word specialist. I don't know. I pictured an exorcist when they said that. <laughs> <laughs> they come with the, the crosses and the robes. Oh, no problem. We've got a specialist for that. Funny. Um, so there were two that we were, we were dishonest about. And I want to be honest about our dishonesty to our listeners. We were asked – 
Um, you've been taught that membership in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints includes living gospel standards. Are you willing to obey them? And those include the law of chastity, the law of tithing, the word of wisdom, which means no hot drinks. No. Come on. Impossible for Carrie. human. Maybe manageable for me. And <laughs> keeping the Sabbath day holy. I could probably keep the Sabbath day holy. They want you to really dedicate all of Sunday to church, to mm-hmm. spending time with loved ones, which is nice, not going to restaurants or doing any kind of work. Which I think I could probably swing. But the hot drinks That's come a sticking on, point. And I can't afford to give anyone 10% of my income. Law of chastity. You just and can't do that. law of chastity. Come on. Well, I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. I right? Don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> so the last question that they ask is, when you are baptized, you covenant with God that you are willing to take upon yourself the name of Christ and keep his commandments throughout your life. Are you ready to make this covenant and strive to be faithful to it? So this is a lifetime commitment. Right. So knowing what they meant by that, I feel like I did fib on this when I said yes. Yeah, same here. But, you know, these are all laws that I think we would both have been willing to keep if evidence really pushed us to believe in the doctrines. Of course. that, that that wasn't happening so far. We were open to God revealing himself. Right. And the baptism was really supposed to make that happen. Right. We wanted to have the full experience, and we felt like at this point, it's going to require a certain amount of dishonesty to go any further. Yeah. So we did it. That's right. We answered the questions like they wanted to hear them. Anyway, but we passed. Yeah, we made it. (laughs) They liked our answers. Yeah, totally. We're all ready for baptism. Yes. The baptism was in this local church that we'd never been to. Yeah, they didn't even have any kind of tub at the normal ward that we go to. Right. And so we went to a different one. I had pictured it like, you know, the Protestant churches of my upbringing. They used to have these tubs behind the actual altar. And instead, it was kind of this little side room towards the back of the church. Right. And it's this sunken tub kind of behind a folding wall. So you don't even see it when you go in unless they've, you know, pulled the folding wall back. Right. And like 40 people came. I know. Like, and I felt really bad. I was like, oh my, all these people are coming out. And it was like 4th of July weekend. Yeah, it was. It was July 3rd. So they all had other places to be. And it was really sweet. They all came out very supportive. Right. Three of our friends came. Yeah, we'd invited a few people to come. My wife, Cara. Two ex-Mormon friends actually came. We started with a hymn. Mm-hmm. which was, oh, say what is truth, which was your choice. Was we each got to pick I had a hymn. Out, yeah, because they had told us you can pick out your own hymns. You can pick out the people you want to talk. And yeah. so, of course, we wanted all the people that we'd been meeting to be giving all the presentations and talking. Mm-hmm. I was flipping through the hymnal book that they have. And they said you could pick out any song that you want. Part of me wanted to choose, you know, if you could hide to Kolob. <laughs> or something like that. I was also looking for something that was something I could agree with. Mm-hmm. And so I found this one called Oh Say What Is Truth. And I was like, oh, something about truth. I care about truth. That's important. <laughs> it was just saying truth is this precious gem. It's a wonderful thing worth more than anything else. And I thought, yeah, I totally buy into this. Totally. This, this is mine. I claimed it. So our friend Rebecca gave the opening talk. She actually remarked on how you had chosen Oh Say What Is Truth and how perfectly it reflected who we are, that we're people who want truth. And um, and she said, and, and you found it. You found it in this church. And she talked about why baptism by water is important mm-hmm. so we can be born again and enter into the kingdom of heaven. Rebecca's talk was really indicative of a lot of these talks in the church where she said, I have a very strong testimony that dot, dot, dot. That's repeated 
in like every Mormon talk you hear, yeah. I have a strong testimony that Joseph Smith is a prophet or I have the strong testimony of the atonement. And it's the sort of like affirming, um, kind of self-affirming. Th- that is really their bread and butter. That is how they support all their claims is that everybody has a very strong internal feeling that the Heavenly Father gave them that this is true. And so right. they bear testimony of it. And actually when they told us about the baptism and told us that we had the opportunity to give talks, they said, you can give your testimony. And of course to Ross and I that meant like, oh, like give a little talk. And they and they actually yeah. said, oh, well you can. Um, those are the best ones. But you also you can just say... I believe this church is true, basically. Right. We're like, well, that's not a testimony. <laughs> What's that? We wanted to get up and actually talk about our histories, and they were kind of saying, oh, you don't have to do you that. You don't have to do that. But we did, and we'll get there, We too. wanted to. Um, so then Anderson, he said that he felt the Holy Ghost during our meetings. Mm-hmm. He read a lot of scripture in his talk. Yeah, and he even used some that I was going to use in my talk. Ah, uh, gosh darn it. A little upset about that. <laughs> Um, see how I said gosh darn it there instead of well what I would normally say? Oh my goodness. I did that for for were, us, were, the Mormons. Were you there when I started cursing in front of them by accident? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. we were playing that game with them. Yeah. I think you, you took the Lord's name in vain, didn't you? I think you uh, said, God damn Oh it. God. Oh, did you say I God kept saying, God damn it, you know, because <laughs> I'll say that if I'm like not getting something or like because we we're trying to figure out this kind of clue-based puzzle game. And yeah, I kept getting the wrong idea. And so I'd be like, God damn it, like Gosh darn it. It was terrible. <laughs> Similarly, this woman from the ward has been calling me lately, and I thought I was accidentally hanging up on her on my phone, and I went, oh, shit, <laughs> really loud. And then she's like, nope, still here. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. We've left out the most important part, Carrie. Uh, wait, let me think about this. We've talked about the hot drinks. Uh-huh. We've talked about how I am not going to be chased. What else is there? People want to know, what were you wearing? Oh, yeah, you're we're... so right. Okay, well, first of all, before we even go to what we were wearing, if I get one more question about whether we have magic underwear, I'm going to shoot myself. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, that requires a temple recommend and a year's worth of tithing and faithful service. Yes. Uh, originally, I was thinking, oh, this will take place during the normal church service. But no, this was at 5 p.m., the same day that we'd already spent three hours at church. Right. I'm still wearing my shirt and tie. Mm-hmm. I had a dress on. When we showed up at the new place, they had to fit us into these jumpsuits. Yeah, white jumpsuits. They gave me like a women's, well, actually, I think it was a child's one. I think it was a large child's one. But I like put it on and it fit, but you could definitely see my womanhood. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not my womanhood, like like my <laughs> Camel badge. Camel or something. But, <laughs> but, uh, but you could see, you know, that I have curves. And they were like, oh, no, 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 no. That won't do. That won't do. And then they brought me this enormous one. Just huge. <laughs> Very unflattering. There will be a picture on our Facebook. Who got you dressed? Because obviously it wasn't uh, Rebecca. our elders. Okay, just yeah. her. Yep. Because our two guys took me to the back and they first found one and they were trying to find one about my height and everything. And, oh, this one looks good. So I, I went into the stall in the bathroom. I started putting it on. I was like, nope, nope, not working because <laughs> it was like way too tight. I just couldn't get it over my shoulders. I thought, I'll never get out of this thing. Mm-hmm. And so they found me another one, threw it over the side for me. And then I realized I hadn't brought a towel. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hadn't either. I just kind of assumed they'd have them there. Yeah. Luckily, they Come found on. an extra one hanging around. Yeah, you would think. It's yeah. a baptism. So you can need towels. I found one that fit. Wet. It was still a bit, like, uncomfortably tight. And all you've got on is your underwear underneath. Mm-hmm. Right. Not magic, not special nope. underwear. Mm-mm. Normal boxer briefs. Yep. Well, not for me, but yeah. <laughs> so everybody's dressed to the hilt. 
and you're wearing this weird, awkward white jumpsuit with only your underwear underneath and you're barefoot. And it's just really awkward. It is awkward, yeah. And it's um, humbling, I guess. I mean, I just felt like everyone was looking at me like, look at you, like a little girl or something. I I guess that's the idea, huh? The bishop called us forward. Had us look at everyone, said, you know, this is your new family. And then he sent you off to get dunked. So they push back the folding screen. They reveal the bathtub. Very sweetly, they were like, uh, oh, wait, 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 Kara can't see. And they brought your wife over to oh. the center so oh, she really? could see you. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. I wasn't even really looking up because it's just an awkward vantage point being kind of down in this tub with this like glass Mm -hmm. separation wall between you and everybody. It's it's very And they want you to stand in a very particular place. When I went in it, I like stood somewhere and they were like, no, 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 come forward, come forward. Right. So I'm focused on the choreography of it because you need to kind of stand in the right spot and you need to hold on to their arms the right way. Mm -hmm. I was just so focused on that. I really didn't look up at the people and and it happened really fast. Right. So Elder Goodson baptized you. You got to pick who baptized you. Yeah. Um, So he like put his arm around you. You put one hand on one of their wrists and then the other one you kind of have ready laying across it so that you can hold on to your nose as they start to dunk you back. And they say your name. They say like, Ross Blotcher, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, quick submersion and you're baptized. And then you left totally silently. I remember that. Yeah. What would you say? I don't know. (laughs) Hooray. Wave a foam finger. (laughs) (laughs) Foam finger. (laughs) Which would have gotten larger in the water. Right. It's terrible. So then they they took me off the other way because you have to enter the bathtub from a different angle if you're a woman. Oh, okay. There's a distinct boys and girls. Yeah, I didn't get to see your baptism at all, unfortunately. Oh, you didn't? No, because you were all wet. Yeah, I was back getting changed into my normal clothes. Oh, okay. Well, let me tell you about it. You'll just have to tell us. Yeah. Um, So I remember the first thing I noticed is I got in there and the water was weirdly warm like pee. And now that I think about it, Ross. (laughs) They heated it. (laughs) But it was, you know, it was like tepid. No, you're right. I wasn't sure what to expect, whether it would be hot tub. And yeah, it was like this oddly somewhere in between. Yeah, I didn't like it. And I had actually asked Rebecca, like, do they bless the water? Is it holy water? And she said, nope, just regular water. It's only symbolic. So... When I was asked, mm-hmm. who do you want to baptize you? I knew right away that it would have to be Elder Johnson. Oh, yeah, and I don't think we talked about this in the first episode because I think it was just developing. Okay, my, right. <laughs> my affections. Her, her now, crush. now let me be clear. <laughs> I do not, I do not, I'm not actually attracted to Elder Johnson, uh, nor do I want to date him. But he is so shy and nervous all the time that I just sort of want to make out with him. Just to draw him out of his shell. Just to make you all feel better. I don't get it either. <laughs> you confuse me. I don't me. know what it is. But but I won't be doing that. So okay. So anyway, when they were like, who do you want to do this? I was like, it's got to be Elder Johnson. I've got to make him uncomfortable and make him put his arms around me. Right. Because that's the sort of thing I do. So anyway, he put his arm around me and he's like, Harry Poppy. And he said it in this loud, booming voice looking up to the heavens. It really... Which you he can muster a, when he needs to. Right. You expected like a dove to fly in and land on us. But yeah, he's like, Harry Poppy, I baptize you, 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 you. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. And then uh, dipped me backwards like we were dancing. Yeah, so that happened. Then they closed the folding screen and I went back and we both dried off. But yeah, we eventually returned back to our seats in the front row. Um, there were, I don't know, like five rows or something. Right. Next, uh, we both gave our talks. 
If you had asked me the day before I met the elders, what happens when you die? I would have said, well, your body goes into the ground and you decompose, and so does your personality. That's it. And if you asked me, I don't know, a week or two after I met the elders, what happens when you die? I would have said, well, I, I think <laughs> your body goes into the ground and decomposes and so do you, I think. And if you'd asked me maybe a month after I met the elders, uh, what happens when you die? I might have said, well, I don't know. <laughs> um, no one's reported back, have they? Um, but I have hope. And, and if you asked me today, I would probably say, um, I have a couple books that you'd like. <laughs> All of these thoughts were basically restatements of the same thought just sort of slightly tweaked yeah. for dramatic effect. Yeah, so to the people sitting there, I probably meant the Book of Mormon or the Bible, whereas in real life I might pick totally different books, but there are many wonderful books written on that subject that aren't necessarily religious. Very sweetly delivered. Yes. Very nice. I, try, I tried to sound very sincere. And then you talked. Yeah, I talked about kind of my own history and upbringing and how I came to this, and that was all... The God's honest truth. But I also use this kind of crafty language that kind of said two mm -hmm. things at once. Yeah, you did say this one uh, clever little thing, didn't you? Oh, right. At the very end, because they would always end their talks with, you know, and I can bear testimony that something like, you know, Thomas S. Monson is the prophet or, or, or this um, is the one true church. Right. And so I said, I can bear testimony that uh, this was an affirming experience and something that I'm excited to tell everyone about something that I'm always going to look back on. I just want to thank you all for, for your role in that. And, and I can bear testimony as well that, that no other church is the true church. Yes, very clever. Yes. <laughs> and I, I, I was struck by your cleverness at thank that you. moment. I really was. Our other ex-Mormon friend who heard that wrote me later and said, oh, that was very smart how you said that. <laughs> And I have to say, this is definitely when the guilt was really setting in. Yeah, like, oh, why did I go this far? Right. Which, yeah, absolutely. The, through the whole ceremony, I was like, oh, really? Maybe yeah. I shouldn't have done this. Right, yeah. You know, and this is, I think, probably something that every investigator goes through because you start to really feel emotionally involved with everybody. Um, oh, absolutely. I think yeah. that is really what drives you into it mm -hmm. because I don't really believe there's a supernatural thing happening. It's all these people around you, really friendly people who have expectations of you, want this for you and mm -hmm. it's just so natural to want to make them happy definitely and i mean and we wanted to have the full experience too but it was hard to make those calls you yeah. know i don't think we can state this enough if it were true we would want to know and this was the perfect chance to find out right yeah if God really did speak to me, I would drop everything and become a Mormon. Right. Because that would be the truth. Right. Absolutely. So I was totally open to that. And we were regularly asking for that. Right. It uh, just wasn't happening. It just wasn't. So the last hymn was the one that I chose. Yeah. And why did you choose that I, one? I wondered if you wondered because I never told you. Well, now I'm telling you that I wondered. You wondered. So it was called Jesus, the very thought of thee. And I chose it only because it talked about your boobs swelling at the thought of Jesus. It didn't say boobs. It said <laughs> no, breasts. It's a breast. But it was like Men. written for women okay. originally. And it said all this stuff about like your breasts swelling at the thought of him. And I don't know. I thought that was hilarious. So, <laughs> so I picked that one. Okay. Yeah. That's deep. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and that's what she said. Mine was about truth. <laughs> Whatever. Was about so boobs. was mine. <laughs> boobs are truthful. 
I suppose so. We closed with a prayer by our friend Jesse, who had been to some of these meetings with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people yes. like cried as they were congratulating. Oh, really? Me? Oh, you look so shocked. I guess they didn't no. do it to you. Well, okay. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> no, I think it was because I had put some practice into making my talk sound really sincere mm. and heartfelt. Mine was more dry and professorial. It was. Yeah. Yeah, which is okay. fine. Yeah. But but yeah, like some people came up and were like, oh, the best part was your talk. And then they would like tear up and say like it was so sincere. And when they said that word sincere, I just oh. was like, oh. It died inside a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I started to feel really guilty and I started to be like, okay, guys, well, I got I to gotta go. And then they'd be like, oh, just, just talk to me. And then someone else would pull me aside and be like, your talk was so beautiful. And I'd be like, oh, thank you so much, but I really got to go. And then I'm the next so glad person... mine was cold and hard, heartless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was feeling still really guilty, but I went to dinner that night on a Sunday yeah. with my friends. And we did actually sit in the car and go, well, it's it's Sunday and we're not supposed to go to a restaurant. <laughs> You're being a bad it's, Mormon. It's encouraging someone right to work on the Sabbath. But we really wanted Thai food. Yeah. So we went. Okay. Well, that settles that. <laughs> he made me feel better about the whole process because, you know, he was ex-Mormon himself and he mm-hmm. was just really like, well, you know, the church really hurt people like me. And yeah. uh, finding out whether the truth is being taught there or not is an important job. So uh, what comes after a baptism? Confirmation. Confirmation. So you're not done yet. Nope. You got to conform. Just kidding. Confirm. Confirm. So the very next Sunday Mm -hmm. at our usual ward, there was a process of confirmation where we were called up to the front of the church. Someone gives a prayer Mm -hmm. to have the Holy Spirit enter you. I went first and I had picked Elder Goodson to give the prayer only because I had already had Elder Johnson do something. And you had called Anderson. So I was like, fine, Mm -hmm. Elder Goodson. Okay. Is he like (laughs) consolation or something? Well, he's cool and everything. But, uh, you know, I mean. Uh, I managed to snap a picture of this. Which oh, you yeah. can see. Which we'll put on the Facebooks. Yep. But yeah, it's uh, very brief. Um, apparently the Holy Spirit enters you during it. And then mm-hmm. you you stand up and you shake hands with, with all the men, which they hadn't told me. I started walking away and then the bishop was like, Adam. <laughs> That's fine. And I had to go back and shake. And I just shook his hand. I thought he just like wanted to shake my hand. And I was right. like, hey. And then I like start walking away. And he's like, this is part no, of it. You no, don't no. get the Holy Spirit right. once you shake everyone's hand. <laughs> right. So I did. I had my confirmation right after Carrie's, and I went up there, and again, they all laid hands on me. Anderson gave the sweetest talk, just extolling my virtues and how intelligent I was and how great I would be in the church. It was just the nicest thing, very complimentary. I was like, ah, I feel all right. And then then I remembered what was happening. I'm like, oh, I feel kind of crummy. So with the confirmation, just like with our baptism, we didn't feel anything right away. Yeah. Um, But we had been told, you know, you might not feel something right away. It might take some time. Right. We'd also been warned that the devil will be trying to cast doubts into your mind. Right. Which did not happen to me. Yeah. Um, Or any more doubts anyway. And then we went back to our seats and then had us stand up and they said, does everybody accept them into the church's members? And everyone raises their right hand to confirm you. Yes. And um, and we were in. We were official members. Woohoo. So yes, we became members of... Of the Mormon Church. Yeah, we are, as we speak to you right now, still members of the Mormon Church. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's our church, Ross. I actually thought about changing my Facebook religious views status to Mormon. (laughs) Yeah. Not a bad idea. Yeah. So they knew we were going to be gone the next Sunday. We knew that at this point, we would feel remiss if we didn't talk to our elders and tell them, you know what, guys, we're not feeling it. 
And right. and we also felt like it was important at this point that we tell them how we had gotten there in the first place. We knew this was going to be incredibly difficult. I mean, these guys had become friends of ours. We hung out with them on a regular basis. After one of our meetings, uh, we took them out to dinner, you know, because we wanted to do something for them. And I'd actually invited them to my work because I work at a really cool place and, you know, they wanted to come see it. And so they met me there and I was so thankful they showed up like actually in plain clothes. It was the only time I'd seen them just wearing normal street clothes. And so, yeah, just really liked these guys, enjoyed spending time with them. And now we felt, you know, we needed to tell them the truth and that was probably going to be the end. And we didn't know for sure. I remember telling, uh, I think, I think Brian, but someone who was kind of in on this story. Well, you know, my dearest hope is that they just say, well, that's fine. You know, you came because you earnestly wanted to learn about this mm-hmm. and regardless of how you got here now you're here right well <laughs> yeah and I, I didn't even want to end things with them because I, right. I part of me just wanted to keep kind of showing up for services help them you know do yeah. some cleanup days then deal with the awkward situation of not paying tithe right but I still wanted to be involved for a while I think we'd gotten to a place where we just felt like it is dishonest Right. We want to be truthful. Talk to them. Yeah. So we set up a meeting with them. We asked for Anderson to be there too. And, and just going up to this, I had stomach aches and headaches. I just kept oh. thinking, oh, this is going to be so awful. And we really love these guys at this point. Like, yeah. We, we can't state that enough. Yeah. We want them in our lives. Um, we, we talked about it beforehand. Okay. How are we going to present this? What do we want to say? And I had this whole little speech in my head prepared. And yeah. I, for some reason, I thought like, we're going to walk in and I'm going to have to do it. I don't know why. <laughs> but um, we walked in and you were like, well, guys, <laughs> and you just, you just went for it. And I was like, oh, sweet. Well, yeah. We were like kind of being conversational for a while. And I was like, right. all right, let's stop, you know, mm-hmm. messing around. Here's why we're here. I kind of felt like I should should i don't know because i i figured it would be really hard for you mm-hmm. and it was hard for me too but you know i felt like i was in a place where i could just put it out there mm-hmm. and say it. so yeah we we kind of started by saying that we'd been trying really hard but just the evidence wasn't stacking up for right. us and we mentioned that as we talked to each other we realized that one of the reasons that we kept coming back for so long is that we just really liked them we liked them as people right we wanted to make that clear to them first that right. we respected them that we liked them yeah but also that that was part of our motivation for returning like yes. you know that that maybe the evidence wasn't stacking up but yes. we had developed this community and that was part of what was drawing us back more than actually believing it yeah and that that was absolute truth no lies there. So we started telling them a little bit about this counter evidence, and right away, Elder Johnson was like turning red and. Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah, like kind of bug eyed and. Tearing up. Yeah, I know, I felt bad. Yeah. And Elder Goodson was. Stoic. Stoic. Not really making much eye contact. Right. Yeah, they both looked uncomfortable, but Elder Johnson was, like, visibly shaken. And I think it's probably good for them that Anderson was there because yeah. he really kind of took control there. He did, and and uh, maybe a little too much, but he did. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> he had, let anyone get a word in edgewise. Right, but he had answers prepared. Like, we started saying, okay, well, you know, these are some of our concerns. And we had talked, you and I, Ross, about how, like, we should tell them the real reasons why we don't believe this stuff. Like, yeah. we shouldn't drag other evidence into it that doesn't really matter to us just because it happens to contradict what they believe. We should tell them what really makes us personally not believe. Yeah. And the big thing for me was the character of Joseph Smith. Just yes. his his personal history made him an unlikely character to me to be a conduit of God. Right. 
And also the gender and sex preference issues that I kept bringing up over and over and over. That was a big deal for you. Yeah. Sure, girl. <laughs> well, because I'm a girl and also the intersex thing just really yeah. rubbed me the wrong and they way. never answered that. Never answered it. And and so we start saying all these things and Anderson said a really funny thing in response. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to accuse you or anything, but these things that you're saying sound like very, very anti-Mormon. And you're like, okay... Like and, we'd been listening to some crowd of right. particular people who had it out for the Church of Mormon. Right. Like, And he said, like, where did you hear this stuff? And and he actually said it as I was talking about the intersex thing. Right. And I was like, nowhere. And I really hadn't. Like in the case of the intersex people, like it had just been listening to them talk about gender had made me like, well, wait. What about the third gender? <laughs> yeah, and he thought you were spouting some kind of propaganda. Right. and But even if it had been, those things still have to be responded to. Right. You know? For the gender issue, one of the things he said was, um, well, you know, of all the religious groups, Mormon women are the most happy of women in any sect. There was a recent study that proved there that. There was a recent study. I'm like, that's we a very like, subjective oh. thing. Right. It, it is. But if the women had, uh, you know, marked their happiness themselves, then all right. It would be an interesting sure, of course. R- result. Of course. Um, so I said, oh, all right. Um, you know, do you know the name of that study? And he didn't. And, but he said he could find it for me. OK, fine. I texted him, Ross, when I got back and was like, oh, can you send me that study? Mm-hmm. He found where he had read it and it was in one of the apostles' talks. And he said, OK, here's the the footnote. And I went and looked and first of all, it was the name of a book. It wasn't a study. Mm-hmm. And second of all, the only claims made were that the Mormon women were the most religious mm-hmm. and they were the most satisfied in their roles in the church, but not happiness overall. Did you respond to him with that? I did. And then he said, oh, I was thinking of another study too. Let me find that. And he never sent it. Got it. So anyway, we went back and forth probably too much. Yeah, especially <laughs> but, me too. A lot of it was just Anderson and I kind of going back right. and forth. Right, and there was a point where I was actually like, guys, let me finish. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we were trying to explain to him, especially you kept making this point over and over, that internal consistency isn't enough. We totally get what you're saying. It has an amount of consistency. So does what we're saying. What really matters is what has external consistency. Right. What matches up with the evidence. Right. And what we're saying is that while what you're saying has internal consistency, it lacks external consistency. And we're pointing to those particular things that give lie to that. Right. So it's not consistent with history. It's not consistent with science. Yes. We were talking about the genetic problem of their claim that the South Americans were Israelites. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, and Anderson would contradict himself a lot and didn't seem to notice it. He'd say like, oh, yeah, faith should agree with evidence. But then in the next breath, he'd say, uh, but we 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 are asked to walk blindly. Right. You know, if you ask God for an answer, you'll get it, you know, pray and it will be revealed to you whether this is all true. Yes. But then in the next breath, he'd say, but you might not get an answer for the rest of your life. Right. And so finally, I do you remember I, I finally was yes. like. Anderson, like, I, I know that you're saying you agree with me, but this is completely the opposite of what you said two seconds ago. Yeah, I'm glad you called him on it. Yeah. Because, yeah, essentially what they're saying is if you feel like you're not getting the answer, well, just keep asking. Just keep asking until you get a yes. Right. And so you asked, well, what would constitute a no? A no. Yeah. I said, okay, and so at what point, if I keep getting no's, when do I get to give up? And yeah. They make these promises, but there's no possibility for them to ever be falsified, for them to ever not come true. Right. Which is not a real claim. 
And then they started using that idea of a no in a real weird loosey-goosey way. They'd mm. say, well, you know, sometimes God gives you yeses and sometimes he gives you noes. And I was like, oh, no, what are we even supposed to do with this then? Yeah, well, then what if God doesn't exist? What would be that no? Right, right. That's it's just, not even a possibility that they're allowing for. It just became very messy, and I think we just finally had to move on. Yeah. Um, and, of course, there continued to be this repeated emphasis on how smart we both are. A couple times we were told in this conversation, like, well, we're not as smart as you guys are. But and, and This it, time we weren't putting up with it. We're like, oh, come on, you're plenty smart. <laughs> right. <laughs> this whole time we still hadn't mentioned the podcast. We hadn't. And Anderson kept saying, like, you guys believed it. You felt something. You got baptized. So what happened? Right. And I remember I said, well, it's not that something happened. It's that no nothing's happened. That right. we feel exactly the same as the day we walked in here. And at some point, you wait for something to happen and then you move on. And so I decided to jump in and, and mention the podcast. And I said, you know, we originally came here because... We checked things out. We went to the Kabbalists, and we only went to two meetings, and we were done with them. Right. We went to the Sikhs just once. Yeah. But we came back here over and over again and made For so much time months. investment. Again, just to drive home the point that we like you guys yeah, so much. right. And to show, I think, a little bit that the claims they were making required more than just being written off after a meeting or two you know it did require like yeah. some some deeper involvement right and that we were willing to do that we were willing to hear out all the claims until they kind of run dry and i think that they were okay with this it was amazing like they didn't even like stop yeah for a breath or like even really consider that much i thought they'd be like podcast what's going on yeah here? yeah what is with this and they were just Sort of like, okay, fine, you came here for a show, but you're here now, and um, yeah. We're not giving up on you this easily. Right, yeah, which so is amazing. It's like almost verbatim what I had said to my friend is like, well, ideally they'd say this. Yeah, and I'm starting to think, yeah, this is my ideal because they yeah. want us to come back. They want us to keep learning, but they know we don't believe. Right. So, you know, I couldn't ask for anything better. Right. And, and finally, these poor elders are sitting there the whole time, like almost – completely silent, silent. And, yeah. and a couple times i'd been like guys guys let the elders talk let the elders talk right and it wasn't happening and so finally i was like okay i want to hear from the elders so first elder goodson talked and and he really just said one thing he said are you guys still studying and are you still praying well i said yes i've still been studying and i can add praying to that right but recently i hadn't been praying okay and he talked about that for a while and then um and then i said well i want to answer your question too i have been reading and i've been praying every time um, which I had been, that had been, mm -hmm. I, I'd remembered that that was sort of part of the deal, you okay. know? So I do pray before every time I read it. And, you know, I still wasn't getting these messages from God either or these feelings. Yeah. And then we said, well, really, we should hear what Elder Johnson yeah, has to say. Elder Johnson. And I almost like wanted to give him an out because I th he looked so shaken and his yeah. face was red. I thought maybe he just doesn't want to talk. Because during our talk, you know, we talked about our doubts and he had said, yeah, I'm, I kind of have been with you guys. He said that during this meeting? Yeah, during that meeting. You don't I remember that? I didn't hear that? that. No, when we were stating our doubts, he told us. He said, I've kind of been with you guys. And I thought, oh, oh snap, we've got a convert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't even hear that. I'm yeah. learning that with our listeners. And I had been watching him after he had said that, one of the few things he had said, and thinking, oh, my goodness, he's seriously oh entertaining these doubts, and okay. we're having an impact on him. And he did say... I will never forget you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he said a bunch of... Oh, boy, he had a heart, lot ready to yeah, say. Yeah, he did. And it was a heart-wrenching moment. He said, 
you know, I've been going through the motions of the church my whole life. I never really felt anything. And then I went to college and I stopped going to church and I started making a lot of stupid decisions. And then I went on my mission. And since I've been doing this 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I finally feel something. This was a giant speech. Yeah, it was. You just had a lot to say. And yeah, it was just kind of just really loud and really forceful. And still shaking and red and crying. And it made me cry. That's right. I looked over and... Yeah, it really did. I mean, I felt so deeply for him that he had clearly suffered a lot. Mm -hmm. And it was not clear how much of that suffering was, you know, genuine stuff that, that people go through that you have no control over Mm -hmm. and how much of it was imposed by his own guilt. And it is this sort of vicious cycle where, you know, like you feel guilt because of the doctrine of the church. And then you feel like you can't get over the guilt except with the doctrine of the church. So now the church becomes your savior when actually it created the problem. To begin with. Yeah. Which um, is always the case, really. It offers you the salvation for a problem that didn't exist to begin with. Well, if the claims aren't true, then yeah. Yeah. And then he said he had never completely believed in the atonement, so he'd always feared death. But now he doesn't, and he loves to think about eternity. And I I remember he said, when Christ was suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane, he saw my face. No? My mind shot to how untenable that was. (laughs) Which is terrible. (laughs) I'm in this beautiful moment with Alder Johnson, and you're thinking like... Well, that would take a long time. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking like Santa Claus, like, well, if he had to get to everybody's house, then he'd only have 0.2 microseconds what for I, every house. What I picture going on in your head, even though I don't even know why, is like the beginning of Michael Jackson's black or white video where everyone's <laughs> exactly. melting into each other. <laughs> That's not far off, but a lot faster. It's like there's a lot of faces there. And then he says to us, this life is miserable. It's the worst thing. I know. Everything out there is to tear you down. Even the air in L.A., it's crappy. It does nothing for us. But Christ suffered for us. And he he points at you, Ross, and he says, and he did it for you. And he points at me and he says, and he did it for you and maybe Anderson. (laughs) Right. Yeah, he interjected some humor. So I didn't want to jump in and say, no, life is actually pretty good. yeah. You know, yeah, there's a lot of horrible things in life. There's a lot of good things, too. We both come out of um, basically evangelical Christian backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, Ross, but I remember feeling this way. I remember, like, having my eyes so set on heaven that things did look really bad here. Mm. But I think that that was creating itself. Yeah. Because because I had this vision that perfection looks a certain way. Right. Um, then, of course, anything else is going to look crappy. But then when I let that go, life looked quite nice. So anyway, I was feeling just terrible for this kid. But he told us he loved science and was going into medicine. That yeah. was a very hooray moment yeah, for like, me. Good oh. for you. Yay. Yeah. And you get to study genetics. Let's see how that goes. All right. Um, yeah, we said that, you know, we want you guys in our lives and our, our biggest fear was that you, you know, you'd say, we'll get out of here. Right. And, um, which they decidedly did not do. They did not. And, and Elder Johnson said, no, I can tell you right now, like if I have anything to do with it, that won't happen. And, um, I can honestly say I won't, won't forget you for the rest of our lives. Hmm. Us neither. We thought this was going to be some kind of breakup, but... It wasn't. It wasn't. And we said, you know, we want to be around. You mentioned that you wanted to come help with the church. Mm -hmm. So I was saying, you know, look, I'm sorry. I'm already late to get home. And so I finally got out of there and I thought, well, Carrie, this is your chance to escape as well. But no, you were staying there with three guys. Yeah. Believe it or not, it got way more intense, Ross. As soon as you left, Anderson turns to me and he says, I'm really glad that you stayed because you're special. Yeah. What is this? (laughs) 
<laughs> You're special. I'm special. That's it, guys. And... I'm leaving <laughs> if she's special and I'm not. Um, yeah, and he said, you know, you and Ross are both so smart, and you're as smart as he is, but you're more sincere. I know, right? Whatever. I, I really think, actually, that it was because I would bite back so much. Yeah. Because he mentioned, he said, in our first meeting before Ross was even here, when we would tell you stuff, you would call us out if it was BS. Mm. You would, you know, you would tell us if you didn't buy something. True. I always so, felt they couldn't stand up to intense scrutiny, and so I would hold back. Right. But Anderson liked it. Yeah. He liked it about me. So he said, um, don't fall away just because stupid Ross falls away. And uh, I mean, he didn't say stupid Ross, but. Yeah. And here I thought you were the bad influence nope. in this relationship. <laughs> nope. I was the good cop. We didn't even know it. Um, <laughs> I was suddenly getting this sort of second wind, and I was thinking like, you know what? Like, this is the only opportunity that any two people like me and Ross are ever going to have where we can actually have an effect on them. You know, mm -hmm. I, we can say, um, hey, guys, if this isn't based on evidence, then what you're spending your time on and suffering for isn't worth it. And if they're right, then I want to continue to have that conversation. So yeah. I thought, OK, OK, I've just got to like lay this out. So Anderson was saying, oh, I still want to talk to you. I still want to have these meetings with you. And I said, OK, here's the deal. <laughs> if this is going to be a conversation then we both have to be willing to be wrong. And that means that if I have really strong counter evidence for your claims, you have to be willing to say, okay, I've been wrong. I'm walking away from my faith. And if you convince me that there's enough evidence for what you're saying, then I have to be willing to give up my doubts and go with it, right? Yeah. They were like, okay, okay. <laughs> and, and I was like, no, guys, if, if otherwise this is a monologue, fine. But I've listened to them for six months now, yeah. and it's time to have a conversation. <laughs> I'm nice. like, like really audacious at this point. Good for and, you. Uh, <laughs> thanks. So I turn to Anderson, and I say, what counter evidence would it take for you not to be Mormon anymore? And at first, he was like, oh, well, you'd have to erase the entire testimony of my life. And then <laughs> he starts talking about his entire life, blah, blah, blah. And I say, okay, but that's, you know, that's not falsifiable or something like that. And I just turned and I, uh, and I said to Elder Johnson, um, what would it take for you not to be Mormon anymore? And he said, it's the atonement. Mm. If you could show me that the atonement didn't happen. And I said, okay, so if, if you saw pretty good evidence that Jesus didn't raise from the dead, that would do it. And he said, yeah. And I said, and you wouldn't be Mormon anymore. And he said, yeah. Then I turned to Elder Goodson and I said, what about you? And he said, well, you'd have to find something that gave me more peace. And I and I said, well, that's a tough one because I think anyone in any faith could probably say the same thing, but it's a, a reasonable answer. That's fine. And then I turned back to Anderson and I said, well, then we're done because these two will have a conversation with me, but you, you've you closed the book. Yeah. And, <laughs> nice. And Anderson was like, okay, okay, okay wait, wait, wait. I want to <laughs> have the conversation. Well played. Thank you. Um, he said, okay. If there are lies in the Book of Mormon, well, at first he said, if it's a lie, and I said, the whole thing, because <laughs> there's going to be some things in there that are true, sure. you know? uh, Israel existed. And he said, okay, okay, if there are lies, if there are lies in the Book of Mormon, and I said, if I can show you there are lies in the Book of Mormon, you won't be Mormon anymore. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah. And so I said, okay, guys, well, we can have a conversation. Great. All right. Yeah. So then we just decided we were going to continue to be in contact and I would bring up any counter evidence I saw and they continued to answer my questions. And I said, uh, well, this wasn't as awkward as the chastity talk, was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the last thing that, that uh, transpired between us was we went into the parking lot and good old Elder Johnson oh. took... <laughs> 
and took my hand in his hand and said, well, Carrie, I'll see you. I'll see you soon, Elder Johnson. Okay. It's a very sweet moment. So we're not quite done. I know. This chapter of our lives is not yet closed. It, it isn't. I mean, I think this is the official closure, but we'll probably hear back from these guys yeah. throughout our show. So, um, so how are you feeling about this whole experience? Well, I'm happy with how that last meeting went. I did partially fear that they'd just kind of kick us out and say, all right, well, we're done. You lied to us. You betrayed us. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that the conversation will continue. I feel really good about it. And as we were going into that last meeting, remember I said to you, like, I just want this to be over. Mm -hmm. And um, now I'm like, yay, yeah. this is great. I mean, I still feel like they're probably a little sad. And so that makes me sad. But yeah. Especially that I get to keep having a conversation that's, that's two-sided with them. Makes me very excited. And I think we're in a unique position to positively influence them, I hope. I hope so, too. One thing that I wanted to, to mention also is that we did get really emotionally involved in this experience. And, you know, we don't claim to be scientific investigators here. We go in to have, like, a real human experience yeah, that our is, listeners might have if they went did it. This is our personal experience, our anecdote. We're always trying to look from the point of view of evidence, but... Sample size of two. <laughs> right, exactly. So, assuming nothing changes, um, we'll probably quietly submit our resignation letters to the church, yeah? I, I'll, I'll, I'll stick it out with them and go every now and then when I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I want to keep showing up, but um, I'll probably end my official membership just to avoid confusion, I guess, for them. And I'm going to write letters to all three of these guys with some counter evidence and also with some questions and hopefully keep up this dialogue. Sounds good. So, Ross, now that you've been through this whole experience, <sighs> what creepiness rating do you give all of Mormonism? All of Mormonism. Well, there's still parts of it that we haven't explored, we don't know about, and that really we can't because you have to get a certain distance with. Um, I'm still going to give this a fairly high rating. Again, everyone's friendly, and you know they didn't do anything horrible to us. But I'm, I'll say 7.5. Yeah, okay. I was going to say 7. Yeah. Okay. I feel pretty much the same. It still has that sort of that funky feeling. Yeah, not everything is quite right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it is very hard to put your finger on. Yeah. What would you give it on an evidence basis? Or 10 is very evidence-based, like the theory of evolution? Yeah. One would be something really hard to believe, like we're made out of goat sperm. Oh, that's ridiculous. Where do I come up with these things? I don't even know. I would have to say, this is really where Mormonism is impressively not doing well, is on the, the basis of evidence. Yeah. I would have to say I'm right around like a 1.8. No, I'm with you. Two, I'll, I'll be nice. Right. I don't know if they deserve that. Just they lots say so many of things claims. Just wrong. Yeah, lots of claims that just are clearly not backed and, by history or science. The only backing for them is the sense of certainty, which is not a reliable feeling. Well, I wouldn't say the only backing. The other backing would be their text. But the only thing backing that is that same more sense of More of their text and feeling. yes, more feelings. Yeah. yeah. Closed loop for sure. What about the pocket drainer value? I think I better give that a higher rating than I did before. Again, everything that we did requires no outlay of money. That's right. They didn't ask us for any. They haven't. But there is the understanding that if we progress, we need to be giving 10% of our income. I give this a solid 9.2. I think that's a good good rating. I, I would probably give it like a 9, 8.89. Giving 10% of your life's earnings for the duration of your life would probably be a 10. But thinking along the terms of they don't really come after you if you don't pay it... Yeah. And uh, there are probably some young people who just don't, you right. know, and things like that. I think you could probably get away with it with it more than you could in some other groups that are more demanding. So okay. not going to go all the way to 10, but sure. 
pretty high up there. A lot of social pressure there. How about danger? How fearful were you after this? I'm thinking of this as danger as in general harm, not like physical, physical danger. immediate danger. Yeah. We have to consider that the suicide rate is ridiculously high among gay men. Notoriously so. And Utah, where the Mormon church is largely located, <sighs> um, yeah. there's there are a huge number of homeless young men who have just been tossed out by their families and kids who kill themselves. That's obviously something to take into account. And then I'm worried about these women, I have to say. And, and mm. that is not based on any sort of data. That's based on me walking into the room and feeling out the women. So admittedly, that's completely subjective. Yeah. But I, I am worried about those women and I'm worried about anyone gay in that church or anyone intersex. And I'm a little worried about Elder Johnson. So mm. I'm going to give it an eight. Yeah, that, that's about where I was going to shoot for because there's so much pressure to conform in a world where we're all different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we should be able to embrace that and accept that and be happy about that. And so that's the danger. It's a psychological danger, mm -hmm. which can have real effects. Right. I'll say eight as well. Uh, so, Ross, what was your favorite moment in this entire journey? Having the guys come visit me at work. Because, oh. you know, I felt like I could just be, you know, we were the guys. We were just talking about whatever, you know, cool stuff that had nothing to do with any of this. Yeah. We were just hanging out, having a fun time. That yeah. was cool. I really enjoyed that. My favorite moment, and it's heavy, but I think it was Elder Johnson's speech at the end there. I think it was that moment where I felt like he was being totally honest with us and uh, we were relating to him as a human being, you know, because yeah. before that, I think he f he was probably feeling all these doubts, but felt like he could never speak them So because he's an official representative of the church and yeah. he has to do his job. And at that moment, we were sitting there with this kid, this kid who has a first name, you know, who's going through struggles and who's eight years younger than we are. And, you know, I mean, like just that whole wall just kind right. of broke down and it was just a really lovely moment. Hmm. Well, that concludes our official journey with the Mormons, but you might hear back from them from time to time. And in case they ever hear this, we want to say thank you for being a part of what's been an incredible journey. And we truly love all of them. We certainly do. Thanks, as always, to the Center for Inquiry Los Angeles for hosting us. And remember, the views expressed here are our own and not necessarily those of the Center for Inquiry or its affiliates. Our producer is Ian Kramer, and our theme music is written by Brian Keith Dalton, a.k.a. Mr. Deity. Check out MrDeity.com to see Brian in action. And an extra special thanks to Brian for his part in this experience. Um, as someone who's grown up in the LDS Church, he helped guide us through our journey. And in fact, we have a surprise for our listeners. <gasps> a surprise? Yeah. Brian will be our first guest on a special series of episodes in which we meet some of your favorite thinkers and ask them about their history with spirituality, French science, and other claims. Watch out for our next episode. Oh, no. Ross, Ross and, and Carrie, Carrie meet Brian. Thanks for joining us. And remember... It takes a year to get the underwear. So quit asking us. Mm -hmm.